Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So I have the feeling we're nearly done with something, but you might have to remind <laughs> me what it is. We're in the we're we're at the end of what? We're at the end of a of a four part series, uh, which was about how to. Uh, look at diagnostics of your team. Uh, you pointed out that we're in kind of this sprint period of the year between now and the end of the year, where there's a lot we can get done. And that often surfaces that maybe things aren't going the way we would hope. And so we thought, let's share this uh, checklist. And so far, we've gone two of the three items in the checklist, which is one, uh, you know, how do we build alignment? Do we have alignment? If not, what do we do? Second is, do we have everyone contributing to the effort? Is Do we have a high engagement? And if not, what do we do? And now we're at our last one, uh, which is, do we have constructive conflict? That is, do people have felt permission for candor? And uh, so we're going to dive into that about what you do if you think you aren't having the constructive conflict you, you would like. And I will say for this, there's a, a, a diagnostic uh, that we can share, a very concrete one. I really like this um, quadrant, a classic sort of a consultant quadrant kind of thing uh, from an article in Stratechery that was actually about the uncanny value of a functional organization where it's looking at, do we have good communication? And it, one of the things it says is that, you know, true collaboration comes when we have two things. By the way, if, if listeners want to follow along with the picture, uh, check out the show notes. You can uh, find the original article. Keep going. That, that's right. So you're going to say like, first of all, the question is, do we have mutual trust and respect uh, and that can be either high or low, and we want high trust and respect. And then do we have uh, high or low willingness and freedom to disagree? And um, and if we what we want is to be high on both of those uh, elements. And if you're looking saying, no, we're not having uh, uh, constructive conflict, then we should figure out what to do uh, by looking at these two dimensions. But let's actually, let's take a moment here. What do we mean by constructive conflict? You and I, Scroll, have used this phrase for literally years now. Um, but I think it's, it's something that people who, if they haven't come across it before, it's not at all obvious what it means. What, what isn't conflict bad? Yeah. Because I often have people say, yeah, we get on really well. Uh, we never argue. Uh, we, we see things the same way all the time and, uh, we collaborate, um, really effectively because, uh, we, we never disagree. And I say, well, con congratulations on diagnosing a very significant problem in your organization <laughs> because <laughs> the mark of a good interaction, the mark of a good um, collaboration is uh, having conflict that is not personal. So yes. the, the thing we all think of as conflict is the sort of um, uh, uh, bits, and you see it so often on movies and, and television and so on because it, it makes for great drama. The uh, uh, climbing the greasy pole, pushing down the other person, um, uh, building an empire, capturing territory, and um, doing so at the expense of the other person and having a conflict over um, uh, fundamentally different approaches to the same problem, and, and the goal is to win. And that's unproductive conflict. That's what is always uh, concerning people. And they say, well, great, I don't have any of that, therefore I'm doing well, and that's not the, the case. So what you want is for, for people who are fundamentally aligned and engaged, to look at our last two episodes for those, uh, that it, when they are aligned and engaged and they are finding uh, useful ways to disagree that move the situation forward, that solve the problem, that move us, as we talked about last time, the, uh, ahead on the uh, Toyota Kata, 
Uh, I think that was in alignment, actually, so a couple of episodes ago. When when you're looking at um, a, a problem and everyone sees it the same way, you aren't unlocking the creativity that allows and the different perspectives and the diversity of ideas that gives you success in addressing that problem. You're just all looking through the same lens in lockstep, and you're going to miss important things. Whereas the signal that you are finding important issues and addressing them is a kind of conflict that is useful and productive, that, that uh, has um, uh, good results without making anyone feel that they are unimportant or um, that they should shut up and stay in the corner, uh, but rather that their opinion is valued. And, and one of our challenges is there's, there's so few examples of that to look at. Uh, that uh, listeners may not be familiar with it. They may not have, <laughs> be able to point to an experience in their lives where that kind of conflict has happened. But I can assure you that it it does, and it's um, tremendously useful. And if, if you think about it for a while, I bet you can think of some uh, environment, perhaps a, a class in school, perhaps a, a really um, uh, interesting colleague or um, mentor or boss with whom you had uh, this kind of um, idea generating conflict where um, each of you saw something in a very different way and you were able to come to some synthesis of the uh, and, and come to a better result than either of you would have together yeah and that's the and that's the key idea here um, which is that we're looking to get by the constructive conflict that's the constructive part is we end up at a better place the conflict comes from just the reality of different people with different experiences this is why the when we talk about the value of diverse teams is that different people have different experiences different points of view and so they see things differently they will come up with different ideas however the in a lot of environments we never get the value of that diversity and um because we we don't have that constructive conflict and in either if we go back to our our diagram either we, people have a low willingness and freedom to disagree or they have low trust and respect. Let's talk about those two things separately. By, by willingness and freedom to disagree, in, in my experience, there's, there's two elements here. The freedom part often goes back to kind of structural elements that we talked about last time. We talked about engagement and having people um, have uh, uh, meeting formats, things that are set up and structured so that people can, can actually speak. In, in a in a kind of standard meeting, you know, in the, the Dilbert esque type meeting, you often have people don't have the opportunity to speak in a way that's meaningful. You know, you if you have the uh, the hippo decision protocol, you, you know that the the hippo model, Hi highest paid person in the room, yeah, highest paid person's opinion. Then suddenly, if if people know that that's what's going to happen, you're not going to get people don't feel like they don't have the freedom to speak. Well, the boss has already said what we're going to do, so there's there's no point, and. Now, this is again the kind of the idea where understanding the structure you have can uh, uh, and changing that can be one of the things that is a key to unlocking people's constructive conflict. So how do you actually get that out? Now we also there's the that's people's freedom to disagree, but there's also the willingness. And now we get into psychological safety. Do people you know, are not going to be willing to speak up and share their, their different points of view if they don't feel they're going to be heard? And that's, you know, again, we talked about difficult conversations, um, hearing from people what's inhibiting them. Uh, and this is something you can learn if you're able to have those conversations about why they aren't uh, uh, bringing their differences of opinion up in group settings. 
and uh, just underline again, just changing the structure isn't enough. So if you create the environment in which people could uh, speak up, have a productive disagreement, and uh, come up with a better solution, that doesn't mean they will. Yes, <laughs> that's right. So the, the engagement element here, there's there's definitely the constructive conflict and the engagement. There's there's a, a strong connection between them. Uh, and I think getting across to people that you value what they have to say, um, it's this is something that can take time. And people are going to be looking for evidence from you that you uh, are actually mean it. So one thing that I've seen uh, bosses undermine uh, uh, people's willingness to, to uh, disagree is to at the first the first uh, uh, budding of that disagreement to shut it down <laughs> to, rather than rather than nurturing it. This is very much a case where you want to feed that which you'd see grow, which is a phrase I got from Elizabeth Hendrickson. If you you start to see someone who's starting to to disagree with you or or to have some different views coming up, learning how to nurture that and have people for re rewarded for having brought up the, the differences uh, is something that's really important. And, and it's important to do that if you can publicly, because then others can see that, that this is valued and important. So uh, if you're in an, uh, a meeting or in a, a Slack channel or something like that, and, and you observe the seeds of uh, this type of productive conflict, or you see someone having a productive conflict, instead of doing what might be your instinct to do, which is say, oh my God, conflict, stop, yeah. <laughs> wait, we don't want to have conflict, let's all agree, let's be, let's be a peacemaker here, and so we don't have a disagreement. You say, this sounds like a very productive conflict, let's go on with this for a bit, we won't go on forever, but uh, I really want to hear from others on this point, does anybody agree with Bob and disagree with me? Yep. That, that's right, and 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 also that's I think that's a great example. You, you're essentially you're going to need to teach people about the constructive conflict, why it's important, and why you want it. So uh, yeah, rewarding people who do that that's that's essential. Now, there's a if we look at the diagnostic, this is if the lack of willingness and freedom to disagree that leads us to groupthink. That's probably the most common problem that I see, but some of the most difficult problems come in the other negative quadrant which is when we have low trust and respect. Is this something you've uh, come across where you just get people who just feel like, oh, I, that person's a bozo. We, you know, they look at, they do all these silly, stupid things. They have these bad ideas. And just uh, that rather than having a lack of conflict, you now actually have that destructive conflict. Yeah, I typically have this um, view between engineering and sales. Those lazy engineers never get the things done the clients need. Those crazy salespeople keep selling stuff we don't need. Or that we don't support, so uh, they're they're they each have the opinion that the other one is uh, out to lunch. <laughs> now, I think this is definitely solvable, and these are things that we've actually talked about quite a bit in past episodes. So we're not going to get too deep in here, but I I would talk about the work that needs to be done in this environment. I would break it into two pieces, which is one is empathy, and second is particular skills that require practice. So for empathy. And this, the people who are in destructive conflict might include you. <laughs> then the almost certainly do include you. Keep going. That's right. So one thing I find that's very helpful in, in empathy in building empathy for others is to start with empathy for self. And uh, this is something we talked about in the past. Was a, a, a tool called the Line, which I think you said was the simplest, was the best <laughs> consultant tool ever. Just a horizontal line on a board, and 
we won't get too far into it, but the question you ask yourself is, am I above the line or below the line? And know that you're, if you find yourself below the line, it's going to be difficult for you to move forward constructively. So that's the, that's the first place to start. Where am I? Find myself. Um, in terms of, of building empathy for others, if we, if we have ourselves, if we manage to get ourselves above the line, then there's tools that we've talked about in the past. Um, nonviolent communication has these wonderful tools around feelings and needs inventory. So understanding what feelings other people might be experiencing, what needs might be behind it. And then David Burns, we've talked about his um, five secrets of effective communication, and he's got a great interpersonal worksheet where you um, basically say, well, you know, what do I, what am I experiencing? What do I imagine the other person is experiencing? So these are very much exercises for building empathy. Once we get past the empathy stage, there's particular conversational skills to actually um, then to have constructive conversations that build trust and respect. And the, the two that come to mind for me, um, one of your favorite things, which is the, uh, the leap method from Xavier Amador. You know, can we, can we use that empathy we have internally? Can we externalize it? So can we show active listening and demonstrate our empathy? That's the L and E from leap. And it's, this is also, we've talked about this in terms of the that's right moment from never split the difference where you explain to person their point of view and you know you've gotten it right when they tell you that's right not your right <laughs> that might be them just trying to get you to shut up but that's right you understand them and and the final set of skills i point out is one that was kind of foundational i think and for us having this whole podcast goes back to uh the eight behaviors uh this is from the eight behaviors of smarter teams uh, this is something we've talked about, I think, from the very beginning of the Roger podcast. Roger Schwartz is the guy. Yeah. And uh, and and this idea of that there are uh, certain behaviors that uh, are, are that show up when you have good constructive conflict, and it's things like you know sharing reasoning and intent, uh, um, uh, testing your assumptions and inferences. So there's a whole set of skills around that, and a whole set of episodes we've done on that. The one thing I'd point out here is that this order is deliberate. Because uh, you, these skills only work if you've started with empathy. You need to meet people's empathetic needs first before you can then move on to applying these uh, uh, skills from uh, Roger Schwartz, which actually go back to Chris Argyris. And it was Chris Argyris who was the one who taught me, you have to meet people's empathetic needs first. So this is the place where I take uh, 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 clients who I'm working with when they're having uh, problems with um, uh, low trust and respect on their teams. These are the skills that I, I look for them to build first about empathy and then the sort of collaboration skills uh, of uh, mutual mutual learning behavior. There we go. Well, these methods are, are going by pretty quick and uh, we've we've listed a lot of them. And uh, of course, there'll, there'll be links to, to those we uh, managed to catch ourselves. I've been trying to keep up in the, in the notes um, to make sure that these go into the show notes. But uh, lots of this, um, especially these uh, tools for constructive conflict, which are really foreign to, to many of us and, and which are not exactly taught in, say, computer science courses. Those may um, pass pass some of you by. Don't don't worry about that. First of all, you can rewind. Uh, but second of all, uh, you, if we missed one, or if it's not clear, or you disagree with us and think, wait a minute, that's not something that makes sense to me. And this goes for the whole little series we've done here with um, uh, alignment, and then uh, empathy, and then uh, 
sorry, engagement and then uh, constructive conflict. Um, for, for all of these, uh, we, we invite disagreement, uh, just as we've been saying here, we'd love to have a productive conflict with you. So the way to uh, have that with us is to get in touch on agileconversations.com. And there uh, you'll find um, lots of different ways to get in touch with us. Uh, so uh, we'd love to hear from you that way. And of course, there's also free video, free material on how to have difficult conversations. You can hold a conversational dojo. Uh, you can read our book. There's uh, lots of other and hundreds of previous podcast episodes. So uh, please get in touch with us that way. Uh, and then, of course, we've concluded this series, but we haven't concluded Troubleshooting Agile because there's going to be another episode next week. And we'd love to see you next Wednesday on our next episode. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl. Well.